social distance this ninjor. Okay, we got ninjor out of the house now. What were we doing again? It's turbo time! Is it too late to fucking quit? Hi, I'm a mysterious woman in all white, just full of riddles. Ashley. And I'm Justin's bad hair, Jay. And this is Ranger Splain, a podcast where lifelong Power Rangers fan Jay takes me, Ashley, relative newbie, through the entirety of the series, both good and bad. And this is a really bad one, you guys. <laughs> How bad was it? <sighs> so anyway, Turbo. After getting the Turbo powers, a new Blue Ranger, and a new mentor, the Power Rangers fight against Divatox, who has sworn revenge after the Rangers ruined her wedding, to the demon Malagor. Shenanigans ensue. Things shift, though, when most of the Rangers graduate and move on to new lives. Yeah, so this is a weird season on top of just being a bad one. Um, just because, like, there's really no build-up for a lot of what happens in the series. Yeah, like, Zordon and Alpha just leave. There's no build-up to them leaving. They just leave. Mm -hmm. uh, Rocky eats himself out of the series. Mm -hmm. And just never seen again and replaced by a 12-year-old. And then midway through, like, the entire cast minus Justin gets changed up. Yeah, and then there's no build-up to that either. So it's yeah. like, okay, what were you guys exactly planning with this series anyway? No, no, no. And also, like, another no build was, like, what happened to the Zeo powers? Right. I mean, we talked about that a little bit in the past, in the last episode, where um, there, there's a lot of speculation, especially confirmation from Johnny Young Bosch in, like, 2013, that there was supposed to be, like, a big underwater battle where they lose their Zeo powers in the Turbo movie. And that just never happens. You only see one of the Zeo suits once. Yeah, and it's uh, it's only to cushion cats fall down our down our like waterfall, and that's it. Yeah. Whew. So it's and it's just like you have cars now. There's no build to or anything. It's just cars. It's like okay, sure. Um. Well, we've bitched about the plot enough, so let's get into the characters. Oh, Justin Stewart, our least favorite character next to Rocky, I think. Yeah, so as Jay pointed out to me when we started watching, it's like he's got a real Anakin Skywalker vibe and not even like the seat, like the episode two and three brooding or even Clone Wars brooding Anakin Skywalker. He's like episode one Anakin Skywalker who's just the, constantly doing the yippee thing. Yippee! It's, oh my I'm god. A kid. It's so obnoxious. I didn't want to hate Justin based on, because I know all of the fandom hates Justin, but yeah, I think this one's justified, you guys. He definitely was made to pander towards kids and just kind of flopped on that because it's like he's not a real anchor to the new audience. He doesn't see things in a new perspective or anything. And the old audience was like, can we yeet this dumb kid? I mean, I know I definitely wanted to eat him. 
mean, and it feels like most of just the only times you see Justin with any real sort of emotional stakes, at least in the first part of the season, actually for most of the season, rather, is the fact that he misses his dad a lot and the fact that like his mom is dead. Though they never say why his mom's dead. You just know his mom is dead. And his, his dad sold his karate studio and took up like a, a job away from home during his grieving period. Yeah, so I guess, did, did he leave him at an orphanage or just like a child care? Whatever. It's just sort of like, it's very unclear about what's going on with Justin in terms of like, just besides the fact that his dad works a lot. And he's really very smart, you guys. Really smart. Like, he got put into high school for his placement test and shit. And at least he doesn't speak SAT words, but it's kind of like boy genius. I wouldn't say he's a Gary Stu, but just kind of like, we got to make him look like a part of the high schoolers, guys, even though the Rangers all graduated. Yeah, and it was kind of weird. Like, they probably didn't even really have to do that if they just sort of shifted the, like, everything sort of towards the youth center, since everything in Angel Grove takes place at the youth center anyway. But... Jesus Clause. Yeah, the Jesus Clause. Um, But yeah, it's sort of just... It's like, I feel like they could have just still put him in, like, middle school or something like that and just have him, like, hang out with the Rangers, like, after school or on weekends. But, you know, that's too simple. (laughs) We have to, like, put him in high school and show that he's really smart, even though we don't really have anything to show how smart he is. I mean, he he sometimes figures things out better than most Rangers. But other than that, like, there's nothing that really shows that he's smarter or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just they tell you he's smart. Right. And then, like, and also, like, the first part of the season is so weird because, like, the Rangers kind of just treat him like they're collectively raising a child. Yeah, that's so weird. Particularly Cat. Yeah, like, Cat just sort of becomes, like, his surrogate mother or babysitter or whatever, however you want to call her. But it's just sort of like, okay, why are we, like, why are you guys acting like parents? Just because you graduated high school doesn't mean that you're still not teenagers. Yeah, you're, 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 like, on the cusp of adulthood. I mean, God knows I, did, I wouldn't have wanted to, like, tend after, like, a precocious 12-year-old, like, after I graduated high school, you know? Yeah, and here they are, like, taking him up and everything, and it's just kind of like, this is really weird, you guys. Yeah, though the funniest thing is how he got his powers. Oh, yeah. He just saw the Rangers. Yeah, because he was like, for some reason, he was going to see Rocky because he saw... They did that Power Rangers thing where it's like somehow this person has been in an Angel Grove the entire time. And this this happens again in like the later half of the season. But it's like, Justin's been around in Angel Grove the entire time. The Rangers have kind of known him from like Kat and Tanya working with the kids. And he goes to see Rocky and... Finds out the rest of the team is Power Rangers. And legitimately, it's sort of just seems like Rocky just goes, well, I have to give up my powers, so I'm just going to give them to the next closest person in the room. And since you saw us change, uh, here you go, 12-year-old boy. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, I've noticed like people point out, it's like, why not Sam Trueheart, who's like uh, Jason's or not jason uh tommy's brother mm-hmm. you know like any other like adultish teenager would have done but no justin yep rocky's just like yep yeah, you'll do 
You'll do just fine because I'm Rocky and I'm an idiot. Uh, but there's something you pointed out when there was that ranger shift in the middle of the season. Um, he sort of seemed mad that he wasn't getting a replacement. Yeah, he was like, what am I, chopped liver? It's like they were talking about replacing, like, they were finding replacements for them. Justin, what the fuck? Do you hate this so bad? You're like, why was I asked to replace, like, my powers with someone else? Can I get out of this? Fuck you. Maybe that's what it was he was doing at the end of the season, not going. Not because he wanted to spend more time with his dad, just because he wanted to get out of being a Power Ranger, and that was the closest option. I Yeah, he's, he's just like, I, this sucks. I want to get out. Yeah. I mean, to be fair... <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll get to that when we talk later about the second half of the season. Yeah, so does he grow more? We'll find out. Eh? Eh? Yeah, next is Tanya, who's working as a DJ. Cool, considering, you know, she had, she was, you know, had that music career going for her. And wow, did you do even less with her this season? Yeah, like... Tanya, out of all, like, basically the first half of the season is mostly Justin his focused episodes, and which I kind of get because he's the new ranger and they kind of want to establish him as a character, but still felt like Tanya got the shortest end of the stick, and she only had one real episode that focused on her working at the, um, at, at the radio station. Yeah. Which literally ends with her getting to keep her job, even though, like, Bulk and Skull kind of mess it up because, like, her boss thought it was a great idea to bring in monkeys. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, but what I liked about that episode, too, was that fact that she wasn't able to get a hold of the rangers due to some... I think the... I don't know if the communicator was down or something else. Um, I think something was um jamming communications. Right, so she has to, like, broadcast on the radio to the rangers to let them know that, hey... Stuff's going down at the radio station. I need you guys. Yeah. Um, and it was really clever the way she did it, too. I got, I can't remember the exact way she did it, but I just remember she was just like, this song goes out to the Power Rangers. And then basically it was some, the song that being like, I need help or something like that. And then she was like, this one's a real bomb or something like that. Like she used this very punny joke right that a dj would use but it was like something with explosive or something like that that obviously meant like oh well she's in trouble and there's a bomb <laughs> yeah but that's about as much as we see of tanya womp 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 then there's cat oh justice for cat yeah, how did she <laughs> how did it get worse this season <laughs> i don't know it is just like the progression of Kat's character is, like, she went from the strong start of, like, character you started finding out little bits and pieces of, of before Rita brainwashed her, gets out of her own brainwashing, saves the day without becoming a ranger, um, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, like, once she becomes a ranger, it's just this, this downhill slope of character writing for her. Yeah, and as we mentioned, like, at the beginning, like, she sort of just becomes Justin's mom this season. Yeah. And because, like, she, it's often that she's the one who's doting on Justin and making sure he doesn't get into trouble and all that fun stuff. And, yeah, it's obnoxious. 
And uh, about her relationship with Tommy, it's boy, they are sure not standing next to each other. Yeah, like there's nothing in this season to kind of build up their relationship. Like they never have a talk about what they're going to do like after high school. Like I get it. It's a show for kids. They don't really want to focus on like the icky, mushy relationship stuff. But like there is no effort put into their relationship at all this season. Yeah, like there is barely one in the last season. This one is like, nope, they're they're together. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, I don't even think they really talked about, like, being together or hinted that they were together at any point. Yeah, it just was assumed they were together because... Like, hey, if that really would have been a good plot about, like, when, you know, Kat talked about going to England to, like, for dance school and the episode yeah. she was, yeah, trying out for the dance school, it would have been a good plot point to have her and Tommy kind of talk about, like, well, do we try a long-distance relationship? Like... Do, what are we going to do if you end up going to school? Like, Especially, like, since Tommy, like, already had his first love, Kimberly, dump him while he was attempting a long-distance relationship. Why? So, that was just so confusing. I was like, why are, do we not have this talk? Or did the writers just forget that they put them together? It, what gets me is their canonical endgame. They have a kid in canon. So, like, I, I don't know. So, what? I'm just, what happened? And what gets me also is, like, post this season, you have a lot of people bringing back romance in the Power Rangers. You're going to see this next season uh, with Andros and Ashley. And, it, you know, they were trying to do something in Lost Galaxy, but it kind of fell through. And then um, Lightspeed Rescue really had, like, Joel and Miss Fairweather. Like, there was, there was, like, a romance... Like, they went back to writing romance until you get to Time Force and you get, like, Jen and Wes... Mm-hmm. But it's like, for some odd reason, like, this weird period, they're like, no effort, nothing, whatsoever. Yeah. And it's just a weird assumption that kids don't want that kind of stuff, because, like, I mean, yeah, there are some kids out there that are like, ew, girls have cooties, like, romance stuff is icky and gross, but, like, there's still plenty of kids out there who, like, like the romance stuff and want to see, like these characters that they love in a happy relationship. Like, they may not, like, be able to put the same words to it that, like, some more adult shippers can, but I think kids do like and understand romance more than people expect. Especially since, like, for a lot of people my age, their first major ship that they rooted for in a TV series, whether you're into shipping or just kind of lightly follow something, was Kimberly and Tommy. It's legit. Yeah. Yeah, we ate up Kimberly and Tommy, and I think they were trying to go for that with Kat and Tommy, and then just were like, we're not going to put any effort into it. Bye. Ugh. I mean, the first thing I remember shipping was Joey and Rachel on Friends, but, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers as a kid. (laughs) But also, like, it's going back to that, was like, so Kat with, like, the dancing thing this season, at first I was concerned because, like, they had brought it up at the end of last season, and I thought, oh, are they just giving Kat another talent that she has and the long list of talents she has because she's practically perfect in every way. But they did actually bring up this season that Kat has actually not been dancing for that long. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. I would have liked if they had mentioned last season, like, hey, you know, Kat found a new interest in dance after, like, um, you know, after all of the stuff that she's done with, like, diving Especially since, like, she did get so injured in diving that maybe she just, like, as much as you see her getting over that fear, like, she may be like, 
I don't want to go back to that, but I want to do something like physical again. Yeah, so it would have been nice to see that development instead of just being like, whoop, she's a dancer now. And like explaining like towards the end of her run on Power Rangers that she's only been dancing for less than a year. And training police dogs. Oh, God, I will never get over the training police dogs in Australia. <laughs> it's like, do you, Power Rangers, and this is something you see throughout the years. It's just like, they have no idea how life experience works. They really and don't. Like, they really don't. So you'll go like seasons where it's like shonen syndrome of like, these are teenagers, quote unquote. And you're like, no, these are these are whole ass adults. Yeah. <laughs> in order to have this background and everything, they cannot be teenagers. It's like that chill out your 14 moment I had when I was watching Beastars. But, you know, no one here is involved in like the mafia or anything like that. <laughs> or is like sold for food when they were a child. <laughs> oh, man, I gotta watch Beastars. Yeah, sorry for the spoiler there for anybody who's watching, who hasn't watched Beastars yet. It's real trippy. And also, like, everyone there is, like, a high school teenager. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but anyway, nothing like that in Power Rangers. There'll never be anything like that in Power Rangers that I know of. But... Just, just, just a really offensive eating disorder episode. Yeah, like, they don't even really get into, like, talks about, like eating disorders like it, it doesn't ha it's not even to the level of very special episode like some others have been yeah like the one i remember the most is like this episode of not the original nickelodeon doug but the disney doug um oh god yeah where there was an episode where like patty and like uh i think bb and a couple of other girls in town were basically like started really getting obsessed with counting calories and losing weight and like it, it, it had a, that whole very special episode feel with, like, at the very end, they had information and resources about eating disorders and who to talk to if you, like, you think you're going, like, you're experiencing disordered eating. But none of that, like, Kat just sort of has to realize, like, after she gets, like, cursed by a monster that makes her float, that she has to believe in herself. And it's like, what? Yeah, and it's like, the thing that gets me is, like, I watched a lot of Degrassi Next Generation, and they, like, they had an eating disorder episode. Manny and Emma, like, trying to be models, and then they develop an eating disorder, and they actually, like, it actually becomes, like, this big plot point throughout the series, because it's Degrassi that Emma is a recovering from her eating disorder. And, um, yeah, this one was just like, believe in yourself, cat! Like, that's not how that works. No, it's like, living with body dysmorphia is horrendously terrible. And, like, you can't just believe in yourself out of it. It takes a lot yeah, of therapy. Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of, like, um, very special episode kind of things about, like, eating disorders or drug addictions or anything like that. Is that it's sort of one and done in an episode and then everything's back to normal. There, yeah. Unless it's Degrassi, Next Generation, and it's just part yeah. of the drama. But, like, not a lot of TV series want to kind of tackle that stuff as a long-term, ongoing plot. They sort of just want to be, like, it's that one and done. Okay, we've taught that very special lesson. Let's move on to, like, you know, considering to have, like, robots punch each other. <laughs> uh, she could have had a professional ballroom dancer. 
Yeah, so like that was the only indication that like she was making plant making plans and making changes in her life was the fact that like she auditioned for this like dance school in England. Yeah. And like thinks about like oh, well, if I go, I might have to give up being a ranger and like go to Britain. And yeah, like you said, this is like the only time in Power in Power Rangers Turbo there was an indication that there was going to be a change. Yeah, that was about it. And like they don't even have like a like a serious goodbye to her like they did with Kimberly or anything. It's just, okay, you're going to England. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And then we noted she was possibly by with Lieutenant Stone's niece. Jenny. Um, Jenny. She had way more chemistry with Jenny than she did Tommy. Yeah, Jenny was only in one episode. So, like, what the fuck? The fuck? But, yeah, that's Kat. It's just, there was not a whole lot going on with her this season, and yet it still frustrated us to no end. Like, poor Kat. Justice for Kat. Yeah. Um, next is Adam, who they had him grow out his hair this season, and it was just, oh boy. I believe, I could be wrong, because I found this out through, like, someone who went to basically a uh, panel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what panel it was or anything, but um, Johnny on Bosch just mentioned, like, oh yeah, they wanted me to have long hair like Tommy. Yeah, and it doesn't quite, the way that his, the way his hair was growing out, it just doesn't quite work on him. Oh no was terrible he's still cute we still love adam he has a van (laughs) yeah it's like he keeps getting the short end of the stick like he gets bad costumes he like got the powers of a frog and now he like his powers are van powers it's like look at my we we just kind of like headcanon that he took the van even though canon said that van like probably exploded in the megazord records at the end Mm -hmm. of the season and painted, like, a wizard on it. <laughs> was it that Kurt said, like, a wizard choking Zordon or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Uh, with, like, Ed, his his second base man. <laughs> <laughs> he took the concerts. Yeah, that, that's his mobile operations unit, I guess. <laughs> his weird, like, like smelly stoner van. <laughs> But yeah, he's like a soccer coach this season, and he's no indication he would be in the soccer. He just is soccer coach uh, for Angel Grove High, no less. It was very weird. Like he had been into some sports, like in the previous seasons, like you know, various martial arts. I think he was also on the baseball team. Yeah, he was on the baseball team. But like, there was no indication that he had any. Like, there's no previous mentions of him being in a soccer team or into soccer or anything like that. And they kind of make him like an assistant coach. Yep, shows up as coach. I yeah, I guess that was just the that, that was probably their convenient end to get Carlos into the series. And we'll talk more about Carlos later. But yeah, other than that, like, yeah, there's nothing really going much going on with Adam as well. Unfortunately, him. Him and Tanya kind of got the shaft. Yeah. We're up on next on Tommy, and he suddenly is a race car driver. Yeah, so that's another one that kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, I mean, I guess because that's just a typical, like, boy thing is, like, being a race car driver. It's, like, it's like part of the reason Cars does so well merchandise-wise for, like, uh, Pixar. Yeah. Is because little boys like cars. It's, yeah, it was just, like, suddenly Tommy's a race car driver, and he's not really much 
in the series that much because he's usually at the track or like all of his plots revolve around you know race cars his, his brother we never see again yeah again it feels like it was sam it was sam right i think it was sam yeah yeah it, it just feels like sam trueheart would really be the better person to be like the next power ranger especially because you have that connection to the previous rangers and like if they actually did a build-up to it would have made sense but no we're just going to mention the like we after that whole plot we had about him having a brother last season we're never going to do anything with it again yeah i'm not even sure if he's mentioned i i know he's not mentioned in dino thunder uh soul the dragon up in the air but yeah, so it's like, why even give him a brother if you're never going to, like, bring it up again? Besides just you wanted to have the racist plot of Tommy being, Tommy being Native American. That was so stupid. Yeah, it just never, it never comes up. Ever. Uh, the only, like, real character thing is he adds, like, a wee, tiny, little microscopic bit of angst when seeing Kimberly in the movie, but they seem fine now, so... Yeah, like, it doesn't seem like anything's wrong, or not wrong, but, like, he does seem a little, like, forlorn about the fact that suddenly Kimberly's back and in trouble, but, you know, he gets it together. He, like, still saves her from Malagor and all that fun stuff, but it was just sort of like, okay, Tommy, are you not over your ex? Which, that would have been an interesting plot point, too, is, like, have Tommy and Kat kind of talk about the fact that, like, he was not used to seeing Kimberly again. But, you know, like many things in Turbo, it's just sort of thrown in at the last second. Yeah. Speaking of being thrown, there's Rocky. Oh, my God. (laughs) Rocky is only in a couple of episodes this season, and he still continues to be extremely useless to the point he literally yeets himself out of the franchise. <laughs> it, just, it was just so funny just to see him, like, do that spin kick or whatever, and it's like, no, he just yeets himself out of the ring. He's like, I'm f- fuck this. Yeah. I'm done. Like, like, their solution to, like, getting, writing out Rocky from the series was just to have him, like, get thrown out of the ring, but the way he, it looks, he just sort of does it himself. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and oh, uh, there's kind of the rumor that his actor, um, Steve Carteris, had a back injury, but there's, like, no backup of that rumor. But if that rumor is true, that is some carny bullshit. Yeah, so... And even if he left due to pay disputes, like most everybody on Power Rangers did, it's still kind of a real carny way to write him out of the series. <laughs> yeah! Especially because, like, after graduation, like, we never see him again. And, like, he doesn't even get a send-off from, like, Zordon or anything like that. It's just, okay, bye, Rocky. He doesn't even, like, show up at the celebration Zordon has for with, with them to, like, graduate. I'm like, damn. It's like, were you that mad that he gave his powers to a 12-year-old? Not even Adam checks up on him, and, like, him and Adam were part of the, you know, Stone Canyon trio for the longest, mm-hmm. and uh, have always been built for best friends, so I'm like, hmm, maybe there's fanfic there of why Adam's like, mm, fuck Rocky. <laughs> uh, we'll never know, because, like, what, Steve doesn't even show up again until, like, Ninja Steel? Yeah! Which I've been watching, and it's been a trial. <sighs> I suggested that we do go in blind together, but Jay doesn't want to do that. <laughs> no. 
And, and plus, plus, I'm like halfway through the first season now, so I'm okay. like, I mean, I've reached the point of no return. Right. I mean, yeah. At this point, like, just remember, you're going to have to watch it a second time. I know. Anyway, um, so speaking of people that really had no build up and were only there for two episodes, Zordon and Alpha Five, whole movie and two episodes. That's it. Yeah. It was kind of sad to see them leave as a kid. Uh, like, it was kind of one of those experiences that got me out of watching Turbo mm-hmm. a little bit. Because I'm like, you're replacing Alpha and Zordon. How dare you? I've known Alpha and Zordon for years since I was a little kid. And now I'm like, 10? I was 10 when the Turbo movie came out. Mm-hmm. It was right on my 10th birthday. So I'm just like, what are you doing? And as an adult, I'm like, <laughs> They were kind of there. Alpha had more personality and will be missed. Zordon, well, helpful, was just kind of there the last few seasons. Yeah, I mean, Zordon in the TV series didn't really have much of a care. He had more character in, like, the comics and, like, the 2017 movie, but. Yeah. But for me, it was like, okay, bye. But also, like, there's no emotional buildup to when they leave. It's sort of just like, okay, we're going back to Eltar. Bye now. Bye, bitches. Bye forever. Except not <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of weird. Like, you're like two episodes in and all of a sudden it's like, bye, bitches. We're gone. So long. Yeah, and like, what was the reason that they even went back to Eltar? Was it because like... Because I know that there's the invasion of Eltar at the end of the season, but there's no real talk of like why they left Eltar, well, left going back to Eltar in the first place. I don't know the Doyless reasonings. I'm kind of unclear on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find anything Doyless wise, Westonian wise. It's just like there's no real reason. They just wanted to go home, I guess. But you know, fair. But. It was also just, like, why didn't they wait until there was a new ranger team to have a shift over? Because, like, all the shifts in this season happen in increments instead of, like, happening in one kind of go. Yeah. And so it was, like, there was no... They didn't wait for a new ranger team. There was no build-up to, like, the fact that they were going. Like, no hints of, like, conflict on Eltar. The fact that Zordon was considering leaving. It just sort of happens. Yeah, like... Uh, Zordon's like, I must return to my home planet. Zordon was killed on the way to his home planet. (laughs) He was almost killed on the way to his home planet. (laughs) He was! Yeah, there's like, why didn't they build this up? They just kind of threw them away. Yeah, for uh, Demetria and Alpha 6. (sighs) What the fuck is with Alpha 6? Can I just like yeet him out the window? I Yeah, so Alpha 6 is a character that is um, turbo through in space. And during the turbo incarnation of Alpha 6, he has the most offensive, like, attitude and voice ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's trying to be, like, a kid from Brooklyn. Yeah, like, the closest way I can define it is what, I guess, what some people call a black scent. Yeah. And that they were really trying to make Alpha sound like, you know, kid-friendly hip-hop, like, kind of vibe. Like, like, street yo. Yeah, yo, yo, yo! Like, that kind of shit. And I was like, no! What? Also, no! 
What, what is that? What am I? Uh, I will out. I am quoting one of my friends who is black. She was like, oh, when's the season of Ghetto Alpha? <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Like, that felt like <laughs> was... that they, they were trying to go for that kid-friendly, mid-90s, like, gangsta vibe. And, I, you know, I, I'm really white when I say that, but, like, everyone else involved in the series, like, and behind the scenes was really white, too, so... Yeah, it was just kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you have weird use of AAVE and everything with this character. It's just like, ugh. And then there's Demetria. Yeah. <laughs> what is it you said about Demetria? <sighs> um, she just said, like, she was kind of like the Sphinx in the Mystery Men. <laughs> Just, just constantly would just spout riddles, even if they would make no fucking sense whatsoever. And it's just kind of like she just confused and frustrated people with like her her speaking in riddles, and she's like, ah, yeah, because she's from the planet Inquiris. You get it? You know, like inquiry. Do you get it? <laughs> you get it? Yeah. What was it? One of the things like. Who are you guys? We're the Power Rangers. What are the Power Rangers? I'm like, shut the fuck up! And, like, the way she would ask her questions would make the Power Rangers suddenly realize, ah, yes, this is what we need to be doing. And it's like, wait, no. These are real. I get that they're supposed to be the smartest kids in Angel Grove, but these are still, like, a bunch of teenagers. And it's, like, it kind of made me feel like when I was reading, like, back in the day, when I was reading, like, um, The Deathly Hallows, and, like, you find out that the, like, the, um, that the way that the, that, uh, Griffin, not Gryffindors, Ravenclaws have to get into their common room is by answering riddles. And it's like, who has time for that? Oh, yeah. Like, fuck that! God! J.K. Rowling sucks, she's a turf, and that's why she created that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, like, having, like, the smart people answer riddles to know the, in, like, the knowings-ons of things. It's like, no. No one likes that. Especially, like, like, the rangers would be in dire trouble, like, almost to the point of, like, they would die unless, you know, things were getting, you know, solved. And Demetria would just be like, here's a riddle for you. No, things are dire, bitch! Yeah, and... Also, another, like, frustrating thing about this, like, season was that there was a lot of plot threads they set up and then never followed up on. And a big one was the hint that her and Diva Talks were twin sisters. Yeah, it's like, are they twin sisters? Because it's kind of like, it's, it's like, weirdly implied Diva Talks was kind of like a found orphan or something mm -hmm. by Space Pirates. Right. So it's like, is she the Diva Talks' long-lost twin sister? You will never find out. Yeah, especially because, like, Divatox has such a hatred for Demetria. Like, because Demetria being, like, the source of all good. And she can do a pitch-perfect impersonation of Demetria. Yeah. But we're just going to forget about the fact that we ever mentioned that she had a twin sister. Yep. And it's like, thanks, guys. I feel real, like, I feel smarter watching this. It, like, only comes up just the smidgen in space. And I think I uh, will go over that when it happens in In Space, but it, 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 even then, it's just kind of like it falls flat. And speaking of characters that only show up for a brief amount of time, let's talk about Larago. Fuck this Muppet. 
Oh, there's not enough words over how much I disliked Larigo. He was so creepy looking. Like, you know, when you, like, are making... We've seen Furbus at this point. And as much as you're like, what kind of DuckTales monstrosity is this? Furbus does not cross that uncanny valley Larigo does. Yeah, like, he doesn't even, he looks like a rejected puppet from Labyrinth. Like, something that, like, Jim Henson will look at and go, like, okay, ease off the throttle a little bit. That's a little too creepy. Yeah. And he had this weird gargling voice. It constantly sounded like he was dying on the verge from asphyxiation. Yeah, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, he was drowning. Yeah, like, it was so gross, and I hated every second he was on screen. And then also finding out he had a fam- Like, he not only had a wife, he had a baby. It's like, ugh. This, this species is a thing. No! No! And, that, and I, we just wanted to yeet that baby in, in the movie. Because <laughs> it was oh, so the, creepy. The baby somehow looked worse. Yes! Oh my god, why did they think that any of this was a good idea? I don't know. Uh, and what was the whole thing? Is that he was supposed to, like, he was, like, the only way to unlock Malagor or something like that? Because Malagor had been locked away by, like, his, like, his species or, like, a legion of, like, people across the universe. It was something weird that I barely remember because Turbo's fucked up. And, but it, it basically, like, he can, he had the keys to the dimension to go into where um, Malagor was. Right. So, like, that was the only way Divatox could cross dimensions without having her ship destroyed. Right. But it was still just, like, could you guys have come up with a better-looking puppet or even, like, a better-looking, like, character that doesn't sound like they're constantly dying? You could have had what you did in in space and just, like, thrown a human in there. Because, like, Androsen in space, like, has... Not like he doesn't even have Spock ears, and they're like alien. <laughs> and it's like sure, like that would, but that would require forethought on on the writer's part. Yeah, fuck this Muppet. Luckily, we we like once he takes Zordon and Alpha back to their home planet, we never see Larigo again. Thank God. Ugh. And then there's poor Bulk and Skull. Oh my God. Uh. Everything that happened with them in the season was fucking weird, but, like, especially the first part of the season is real fucking weird. Yeah, like, in the movie, they get brainwashed and have weird accents and just kind of there? Yeah, like, there was really no reason for them to be there, but yet there they are. Somehow they're cops again. But then, like, they're not even cops for that long because suddenly they become fucking monkeys. Yep. Really chimps, but they were called monkeys throughout the season. Yeah, and so for, like, the first half of the season, they're just trapped in chimpanzee bodies, going around and causing trouble, trying to tell people, hey, we're human, we're human, but nobody can understand them. And the funny thing is, nobody even thinks to ask, huh, we haven't seen Bulk and Skull in a while, where are they? Yeah, nobody thinks that. Like, Lieutenant Stone every now and then, like, thinks it, but it's just like... Nobody's like, what happened to Bulk and Skull? Yeah, like, well, even then, Lieutenant Stone thinks, like, he's like, they remind me of people that I know. And that's about it. Yeah. And and the reason is because um, 
Jason Narvey and Paul Schreier were filming a Bulk and Skull series, and we, we couldn't get a definitive answer whether or not they had a pilot or it was being workshopped. Regardless, it n- never took off. Yeah, basically there was an at-home video release that they were going to use to kind of gauge interest to, like, see if people were interested in having a Bulk and Skull TV series. But the, the so basically it was like a clip show of, like, Bulk and Skull's greatest hits. Um, but the release didn't do so hot, so they just sort of canned that. Uh, but while they were working on this, like, that we have basically a half a season of them going around as, like, precocious chimps. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, and... One of the things I did find funny was, like, Bulk never gave up hope, where, like, Skull was just slowly, like, being driven mad to the point of despair. Yeah, he was sort of, like, by the end of, like, their time as chimps, he was just like, whatever. Whatever, we're chimps now forever. Bulky, stop it. (laughs) Yeah, he uses Bulky a lot when they're chimps. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Up up next is, there was Lieutenant Stone. So, like, he tries so much. It seems like they were setting him up again to be a cop this season, like, but no real explanation of how he got his job back. Yeah. But then suddenly, Ernie gets whisked away. Yeah, to build bridges in South Africa and... And No, it was the Amazon. The Amazon. And, like, I just remember you were talking one time in the first episode, like, this youth center has to have a Jesus clause. And I'm like, oh, Ernie went away on mission. Entirely possible. Because, like, all they really say about Ernie, like, you see him for, like, five seconds in the Turbo movie. And then it's like, oh, he's going to go build bridges in the Amazon. So, like, the youth center and juice bar is under new management. That new management being Jerome. Yep. And it's just sort of weird because he ends up being there more for the Rangers this season than Demetria. Yeah. And, like, ends up taking care of, like, two ch- wayward chimps, even though he could have just given them to, like, the a local zoo or rescue. Yeah. Didn't even give a chimp to cat. Yeah, one of the things Cat uh, knows how to do is talk to chimps. Yeah, he doesn't even, like, go back to her, but that's probably something the writers forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was much like everything. Then he also sends part of the season trying to figure out how Ernie even made money. I didn't give out free smoothies because he was smarter than that. Right. But he had enough money to buy the juice bar. So going back to my theory that he's a trust fund baby. He's probably a trust fund baby. Yeah. Uh, then we have his niece, Jenny, who's in one episode and she's kind of grumpy. Uh, she could have been a good, like, write-in to replace Cat, but we'll never know because she just had one episode and disappeared. Yeah, so, like, the original, when I was looking into Jenny on uh, the Ranger Wiki again, they kind of talked about the fact that the original version of the episode, I think, had her as, I don't know if her name, like, if she was supposed to be um, Ashley or she was supposed to be, if she was supposed to be Cassie. But I, it seems like they were setting her up, the, whoever this character was supposed to be, they were setting her up to be the next Pink Ranger. And for some reason, they just abandoned that plot line altogether. They abandoned a lot of things in this. Yeah. Especially because, like, she had, like, a good, like, I liked her backstory of, like, you know, sent, like, even though it's kind of sad, it, like, sent to Angel Grove to be, like, basically because her mom, like, she's kind of a delinquent. Mm-hmm her mom doesn't really believe in her and she kind of has a little bit of angst because she doesn't think her uncle believes in her either and it really kind of implies more about like jerome's family life um so i don't know if it's kind of a case of like you know 
they're all kind of rich trust fund kids and Jenny's kind of like an outsider and her parents don't approve of her ways. Uh, but we never really know. And like by the end of that episode, like her and Jerome make up and it seems like maybe she'll be back and she never comes back. Yeah, she never comes back. Bye. But anyway, let's talk about my favorite part of the season. Diva talks. Yeah, the best part of the season. We stand a queen. Yeah, like, out of everything that made Turbo, like, turn my brain into mush, we at least had Diva Talks, who was just this fun and campy, ridiculous villain that, like, I kind of instantly vibed with. And, like, throughout the entire season, she's just a light in the darkness. Yeah, like, she. the reason why she goes after the Rangers is because they ruined her wedding. She, she doesn't care about world domination or anything. She just wants to get even and cause mayhem. Right? Like, and we might have seen, like, the meme we posted on our Twitter account of, like, Diva Talks of, like, that Jordan meme that says, fuck them kids. Yeah! Because that's her entire vibe for, like, most of the season is just, fuck them rangers. She even tries to blow up Justin. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. On his birthday, just as, like, Hey, here's a bike with a bomb on it. Happy birthday. Hope you die, you small child. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, my God. And then, like, in the the movie, she had, like, this, um... Yeah, she basically had, like, this really sexy outfit that was, like, super low cut and kind of had, like, this mesh cutout on the torso. And it definitely got toned down in the TV series. Like, like, it, it, it... It boosted the boobs up more, too. Like, there was cleavage with Diva Talks in the movie, and then you, like, watch the show, and you're like, they didn't put an underwire for that anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was more like kind of like a plate versus, like, an actual bra. Yeah. Um, so, in the movie, she was played by Hillary Shepard Turner, and then the first half of the series, it was by Carol Hoyt. And um, I would say Hillary in the movie was a little bit more shrill. Yeah. Whereas Carol was very campy in her presentation, but both were really a highlight of Turbo, whether you're talking about the movie or the TV series. Yeah. And, and the reason is because um, Hillary um, was pregnant and had to go on uh, maternity leave. Which makes sense. Um, yeah. It is kind of cool that they bring her back in the later half of the series, which we'll talk about later. But I, I feel like it was... Yeah, it was... Yeah, both, I, I do like actually both, I do actually like both actresses for Diva Talks. Oh yeah, they were both great. Yeah, and then like the whole thing about Diva Talks loving bombs in the first half of the season. Yeah, she just wanted to like blow up shit. That's all she wanted to do. Yeah, Rita and Zen and the Machine Empire were like, ah yes, we will conquer Earth. And she's like, I'm gonna blow up the Rangers' soccer game. It's like, they ruined my wedding. I'm really annoyed by the, these teenagers, so I'm just gonna blow them to hell. Yeah. And then she had her team, which they were all kind of little dumb. Elgar was the dumbest. Yeah, so he was somehow more useless and dumber than Goldar, which is kind of a feat. A 12-year-old child, Justin, could defeat him. He was that useless. Ugh. And, like, it's sort of implied, they do, like, the anime, like, punishment, where he basically has a punishment each, like, each episode where he could easily die, and he was not. He was fine. Uh, was way more menacing looking than the Japanese footage, and I think that had to do with lighting. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, we couldn't figure out if it was, like, lighting or if, like, his, they just gave him more menacing lines and features in the TV series. Yeah. And then, like, he also had a card deck for a sword that was never explained. He just has this deck of cards made into a sword. It's like, okay. Okay. Um, then we have Rai Dog, who was also way more menacing in the Japanese footage. I think they replaced his, like, teeth, it looked like. Because it looked like in the mm-hmm. Japanese footage with Car Ranger, that character had, like, way more pronounced incisors than um, mm-hmm. he does in the American. Was somehow dumber than Elgar, by the way. Oh, God. I don't know how he managed to be dumber than Elgar. Um, but other than that, he was just sort of there. Like, there's not really much going on with Rygog. He's just there. Like, you couldn't even define, yeah, you couldn't even really define, like, a dynamic that he had with the rest of the team. He was just sort of, mm. Mm. Meat Morp. Okay. And he's just there. Uh, Porto was the scientist for the season. Uh, kind of Weasley. Mm-hmm. He even leaves the ship to strike out his own. Because Elgar makes him do Fortnite dances. <laughs> yeah, basically, like, Porto is implied to be the most put-upon member of the team. So that's why he, like, goes out and tries stuff on his own and absolutely fails. One of his things that I'm guessing might have been an influence on the design in Car Ranger was Ubek from Berserk. But thank God we'll never have Power Rangers Berserk because Berserk is... I like Berserk, but it's pretty dark. Yeah, I I don't want darkness in Power Rangers, just being honest. Yeah. Like, the most I'll take is, like, stuff from, like, Shattered Grid, but that's about it. And then, finally, we have Jason and Kimberly. They were there. It was just kind of weird, because we there was really no explanation for why they were in the Turbo movie, but they were. Amy Jo Johnson was a highlight. Yeah, I mean, she always is wherever she goes, because um, she managed to do everything she could with, like, a script so shitty. Yeah. Everybody who saw this and thinks they were dating, it's like, why? There's literally nothing. They are kind of the epitome of they are certainly standing next to each yeah, other. Yeah, that. it's like, just because they went out diving all together, it's like, they've been friends for years. Yeah, like, you guys don't go diving with your friends? Yeah. It's, it's, it's... Or do shit with your friends? I mean can't do shit with our friends right now yeah practice social distancing yep uh jason also just looked like uh, a twink effie would hit on <laughs> yeah because you notice he kind of lost a lot of his muscle mass so he was just sort of very twinkish jason for the twink gauntlet oh my god he would be the twink that doesn't think he's a twink yeah he would just scream i'm not twink like no you're a twink oh now he's papa john oh god yeah he 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 looks so much like papa john now we talked about this in the last episode it still remains true still remains true which austin say john went from looking like an okayish twink to like papa john (sighs) all right well let's get to our odds and ends um so it's well known that there was a lot in the turbo script that was actually cut out um, but typically, here's the thing about my, one of my beliefs in, like, about stuff that was in the script versus stuff that was cut, uh, like, stuff that was in the script versus stuff that makes it in the movie is that stuff that is in the script and doesn't make it to the final stage, it's hard to consider that canon. Yeah. 
You may use it to interpret canon, but other than that, uh, it's like it's not of the official word of God unless somebody says it is. Yeah, it's like with with Kimberly and Jason, there was an early script where, yes, they were dating, but it got scrapped. Because, we, yeah, especially like the end of Zia where he was dating Emily. Yeah, it was like really weird. And then like, why is Jason out diving? Why isn't he in Angel Grove with the elders? Because he was at the end of Zio. Like, Right. What was going on there? And that brings me to the to the Zeo transition. Yeah. So like there was so much behind with the Zeo transition that it like it definitely was implied. If you like if you remember the thing that we've mentioned about Johnny talking about the underwater battle where they were supposed to lose their Zeo powers. And like the fact that like uh billy had was working on something secret behind the scenes for the like the last half he was on um Zeo. And you can infer that um, Billy created the Zeo powers, but they put no effort into say like, oh, Billy created these for you before he left for Aquatar, or no explanation as to why Jason was out in the ocean diving with Kimberly. Yeah, it's, it's like there's there's no transition from Zeo to Turbo. You know, Zeo that just kind of went, it's over. And it, that continues into Turbo, where it's just like, okay, you have car powers now. Don't ask questions. Bye. Have fun. Bye. Like, like they they literally go on the Simon Says board in the movie and touch it. And they get their car powers. And I'm like, okay, well, what was wrong with the Zeo powers? And especially since it's very implied that the Zeo powers are like this ancient, old, like, very powerful power. Yeah, so it just makes no sense that, like, Zeo just sort of ends on a whimper and, like, they don't even bother giving five minutes in anything Turbo to say, this is what happened to the Zeo powers. It just sort of, like, get up and go. Let's, we're, we're back on this. We're back on the cars! And, it, it, like, yeah, it transitions from, like, this ancient old power, mystic, like, this mystic source power to cars. Okay. Yeah, it's like, you gotta service the plot so well if you even just had for five seconds saying, like, Billy was working on an emergency contingency for them. But, no, we're not gonna mention Billy ever again. Or, or like, emergency contingency, this is an upgrade that we used using the Zeo powers. Um, yeah, or something. It's just... Cars. Cars. That's it. And then, like, there's a lot of, like, weird plots this season that just sort of, they definitely feel like being written by 50-year-old men. Uh, especially the- That, like, don't- Yeah, that don't understand. When we got to the Soapbox Derby episode with, like, one character who reminded me of the rich kid from the go-kart episode of Bob's Burgers. I can't remember his name right now, but, like, it just was, like, I felt like I saw a lot of things about Soapbox Derbies when I was a kid- and yet it's never come up in my life ever since. I know. It, it took them, A, it took them this long to get a Soapbox Derby episode. And B, it's like, like, bet- like, the stuff you worried about as a kid were Soapbox Derbies and Quicksand. And neither can come up when you're an adult. I was just going to make a joke about, like, that's, like, in our adulthood, we're wor- more worried about, like, you know, economic anxiety and viruses. That, that, Yeah. We are way more worried about economic anxiety and viruses than we are quicksand. Um, now, I was going to point out the uh, greaser plot. 
Oh my god. So the Greaser plot is so weird because like it's it's implied that this is all related to the like stunt stage show that Adam is doing for summer his summer job. And like these are people he works with at the stunt show. And so they're doing like a special like 1950s like themed stunt show and like one one team's mad that they always lose. And so like they decide they're going to settle it by having a drag race. And, like, you know, it ends with Power Rangers shenanigans where, like, you know, Diva talks put a, puts a bomb in one of their cars and the Rangers save them. And they learn the powerful lesson of, like, you know what, we shouldn't do drag racing. But I kept get stu- uh, get getting stuck on the fact, it's like, you guys aren't actually greasers. This is, like, this is something from a stage show you guys are doing. <laughs> they, 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 they're method actors, I guess. Yeah, they, they kind of turned into that, like, method acting level from, like, Tropic Thunder of, like, I don't break character till the DVD to- commentary. Oh, my God. I just... Take Tropic Thunder's extreme satire as you will, but, like, my God. Like, chill out, guys. It's a fucking, like, stage show you're doing at the Youth Center in Angel Grove. It's not that serious. It's, it really was not that serious. Also, like, the random dips. Like, Turbo's a really silly, dumb series. And then, like, that one episode about, like, Justin and his bullies and all that. And when he later confronts one of the bullies, like, Justin mentions his dad never being around. And the bully goes, I haven't seen my dad in two years. Yeah, it's, like, sudden pathos for this guy who, one, was literally the bully from, like, uh, the, the drug dealing bully from one of the turbo PSAs. Yes. Would dare. <laughs> but also like sudden pathos for this one, like I, I'm guessing he's got to be like 16 at most who like wants to fight Justin for no real reason. Other, yeah. It's like, I'm going to fight you. It's like, he's 12. Why, why do you care? Yeah. Why do you want to fight a 12 year old so bad? It's not worth the time. Like, I make jokes about wanting to throw Justin out a window, but, like, in the context of the series, it's like, why are you so, like, worked up over this 12-year-old kid? Who didn't want to tell you the answers in class. Yeah. Like, get over it. Get over it. Like, he's 12. And it's like, it, it, it all because he hadn't seen his dad in two years. There's this, this heavy line out of nowhere. And, like, there would be multiple moments like that, but that one was definitely one that stood out of just, like, whoa, okay. Uh, yeah, th- this was a whole lot of fuck it, we don't care anymore. Like, like we said, like, the characters themselves, there was just nothing to them. There's no growth or anything. And they could have done something, because it's, like, they're transitioning into adulthood. Like, how does adulthood mean for them as rangers now and their responsibilities because a lot of them had jobs and stuff like that it's like you know so like how you know they could have done stuff on balancing their work life and everything and now it was just silly episodes and a kid yeah there's just nothing there when they could have done like some very interesting things like plot wise and like it's that case of like in the 90s thinking kids don't like pay attention to that stuff but they do they really do yeah now, I was like, I, I see more emotional, like, plot drama from Beast Morphers over Devon and, Devon and his dad than I do, than I did anything in the series. Yeah, and it, it's like, Power Rangers didn't start, you know, it, it, Mighty Morphin and Zeo weren't exactly heavy-hitting. 
Right. But there was some bits of characterization and stuff, and this one just didn't care. And it just came from a shift from basically, I think, of like, hilarious was Big Bad Beetleborgs, one of Saban's other shows, was just kicking their butt in the ratings. And so they're like, okay, well, we need to amp up Power Rangers because this is our flagship show. This is flagship for Saban. So they just started pandering towards little kids. Hmm. And I I want to kind of shout out to History of Power Rangers like Kara. I kind of reviewed it, uh, turbo, his Turbo review, mainly to get some, like, behind-the-scenes facts, but I think he hit it on the head of, like, Power Rangers up until this point was, like, an all-ages action show. Like, it was a little bit for everybody. Mm-hmm. Whereas Turbo, they just went straight to being a mindless kid show, and even, like, even to the point they had a child in there. Yeah, and, like, as soon as you said that, like, Big Bag Beetleborgs, I got to watch a little bit of that as a kid, and then I remembered that... Here's another thing, weird thing from my childhood, is I remember getting freaked out by something on Big Bad Beetleborgs, and, like, telling that to my mom, that something on it kind of freaked me out, and she goes, well, now you're not allowed to watch that series either. So... (laughs) But I definitely remember, like, Big Bad Beetleborgs being very pandering. Well, not pandering so much, but very oriented more towards little kids versus, like, what I've seen of Power Rangers being, like like Linkara said, a more all-ages show. Yeah, and I've seen this, too, with, like, just basically being on lockdown right now um, until I can go see a doctor to get cleared back to work. Uh, we watched Big Bad Beetleborgs a little bit, and it, it definitely is this, like, really childish silly show yeah mm-hmm. you know it's about uh you know these really young kids like the oldest is probably justin's age like 12 um the youngest being like probably eight mm-hmm. uh you know they they get dared to go sleep in a mansion you know kids stuff a scary mansion by the rich landlord kids and they end up freeing a um basically a altered ultimate dimension of being who turns them into their favorite comic book superhero because that was their wish okay but it back you know it backed up on them because that allowed the the comic book villains to go into the real universe so that's that was the setup and it, it's just very oriented towards kids as weird gross out like kid moments like one of the monsters eat a spider mm. it was it, you know like i said like the kids are so young at it and everything it, it definitely was written for an old a younger audience whereas like like VR Troopers was definitely written for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Power Rangers was just all ages, and then they're like, we're losing money. Let's just pander to kids. And it did not go the way they had hoped. No, it ended up tanking the ratings real bad in Turbo. Like, nobody liked it. Yeah, I think that's why so much, like, when, and we'll talk about the halfway point later, and like, basically from halfway on. But, like, I think that's why so much gets dropped and so much changes halfway through the series. Yeah. Is because they had they were trying their best to kind of stop the bleeding. Oh, yeah. Which was, which was happening in Zeo. They were starting to drop the... The Zeo toys sold well, but the ratings were tanking. Mm. Uh, it was what was going on with Zeo. And then they were, they were basically trying to just reinvigorate the show with Turbo, with having a movie and all that. And it just kind of yeah and they didn't do a lot of service with the changing up of everything and the shake of everything there was just no lead up 
the cast changing. Uh, it probably angered a lot of the longtime fans. I know I was angered by it when I first saw it. Because there was no send-off to anybody. There was no goodbye or anything. Yeah, and there was no, like, no even hint that they were being told that they had to pick new successors. Yeah. It was just sort of like, okay, we've decided that you guys are going to take over and be Power Rangers now. Bye. Bye. And, that, and that's it. Not even a check-in on how they're doing later. Nope. That actually concludes our part one of Turbo. We didn't actually want to, you know, put you through probably a three to four hour podcast. Yeah, we know the Zio episode went long. So we decided with the fact that Turbo has so many changes halfway through the season with a new, a completely new Ranger cast that we wanted to split this up into two episodes. So we'll have the new one out in about two weeks. Um, so you get extra content this month while you're probably still under quarantine. Yep. Yeah, just be on the lookout for two weeks where you hear the rest of our Turbo experience. It gets real weird, you guys. Yeah. All right. So um, so that's going to be, like I said, it's going to be it for this week. We'll be back in two weeks with the, um, the second Turbo episode. As always, we want to thank Joe Hunter for our art, podcast art that you see every time you give us a download or give us a like or subscribe, which by the way, if you guys could like do that for us, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Wherever you listen to your podcast, just give us a quick rating and review and we'd really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, as always, we want to thank Joe Hunter for the our art. He took a real hit with the COVID pandemic um, between his part-time job and um, <clears throat> and losing a uh, uh, losing out on a lot of invention money. Um, so just go give him a, a look. He's opened up a Threadless shop at joehunter.threadless.com. Uh, he's on Instagram as Joe Bloody Hunter and on Twitter as Joe underscore Hunter, uh, which is also his Patreon. Uh, he also has Be- Beast Heart Strikers out with Land Pits. And you can pick that up on com- the first issue up on Comixology. And then as always, we also ha- want to thank Kurt Yoder for the editing and uh, I guess voiceovers as well. Yeah. So you can always check him out as well as Jay's work on uh, on Etsy on Great SG Creations. Uh, he has a lot of Pokemon that he wants to sell uh, perler wise because he, uh, he's also dealing with canceled conventions as well. Yeah, we got we got canceled on pretty hard and yeah, we were gonna make up some money and boop yeah so if you're looking for perlers and stuff go check them out uh and then our wrestler of the podcast did she say diva uh that would be candy lee who's our favorite uh kiwi diva from new zealand uh you can find her on twitter at candidly candy underscore uh she also has a shirt on pro wrestling tees which i guess you can order now and it will ship to you once the the shelter at home order in chicago is finished um, if you're listening to this after all of this has gone down, I'm sure this is a real weird time capsule, but if you're listening to this, like, right now, again, I hope you guys are staying safe out there, wash your hands, like, stay away from, um, crowds and groups and all of that, wash your hands, I'll say it twice, and support your local independent, like, businesses and, uh, contractors at this time if you can. Yeah, Candy was supposed to come to America to do some mania, uh, stuff uh she's one of the very few open transgender uh wrestlers that we have and a lot of that's fallen through so yeah so um i think after this episode comes out i'm gonna do a link to i'm gonna do a thread for all of our wrestlers of the podcast and various like people involved so uh you can see ways to support them so keep an eye out for that on twitter um for me you can always find me on instagram um instagram and twitter miss kitty f for both 
I'm also on Gun Gum Road at, at as uh, Ashley Leckwald. Um, so my name. I do tarot reading. I also do tarot readings, and I'm kind of getting started up on a tarot Twitter and Instagram. Both of that is Mori M O R R I underscore Raven. Uh, and that's on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I do have like zine fests that I'm supposed to table at, but right now we don't have any new dates. So Chattanooga Zine Fest has been postponed as of this recording. Um, I don't know yet about Cusp, but I assume that it will be postponed. Because uh, right now, um, Infinity Flux in Chattanooga ha- is currently closed uh, due to, again, COVID-19. So once I have a better idea of when I'm going to be at those, I will let you guys know for future episodes. As for me, you can find me on Instagram. I have two Instagrams. My main one is Jay Jackets. My other one is for the cats, which is witchcraft in cats, which is getting very interesting because I need the update. But also Joe is starting to get older. Um, so she's less kitteny. Yeah, uh, give J- yeah, give Jay money so they can go get their cat fixed. It's not j- it's not that. It's more of less like is the humane society even open? Oh, you're right. Yeah, you can probably <laughs> check on that. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it would it, you know any any bit you can help with us. Again, we have our Etsy and everything. Anything you could help uh, throw our way because like like I said like I had to take a hit with my job recently because I got a little sick and now I have to get clearance to get back to work and all that so yeah our Etsy is great SG creations and my gumroad is JSS rights 87 where you can find a um, copy of a comic I've done recently with Caroline autopsy and you can find my Twitter at sins 2 as in the number two hell yeah, and then um, you can always find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Rangersplain. I should get better about updating the Twitter. We should also get better about updating our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, which we're, we're also Rangersplain there. Uh, we actually have it. We should use it more. Um, maybe we'll get some stickers in as um, special rewards. Um, and then we all, we're also on WordPress at rangersplain.wordpress.com. That's where you can find our show notes and fun stuff like that. And yeah, that's it for the first half of Turbo. So we are Ranger Splane, and may the power protect you. Also, wash your fucking hands. Shift into Turbo Talking!